0: Every hand lifted up high. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, God. Hallelujah. There's some in the house tonight. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. hallelujah 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 somebody say praise the lord Lord. it is good to be in the house of god tonight amen i uh i sincerely believe that i i have a word from god and uh i'm going to get right into it so if you have your bibles we're going to go to the book of first thessalonians the fifth chapter amen i uh I was praying very early this morning and uh, I became very burdened uh, about this service. I don't want to preach long. I want you to get what I'm preaching and grab a hold of it quickly. And uh, sometimes I want to preach long, actually. Uh, This is not one of those services. And uh, I really believe that God has something for us. And uh, I am... As an evangelist, I realize that to a certain degree, I cannot go into any church, no matter how wonderful of a church it is, and and necessarily change anything in one sermon. Um, churches are well-oiled machines that operate when the evangelist isn't here, when he's here, when he's gone, um, but I'm actually looking to have a service tonight that changes things. I know, I know it's, I don't even know what date it is, but uh, I know it's Sunday night. I know you'll be here next Sunday. But I want you to know that this Sunday has got to be special. Not because I'm here, but God really wants to change something here tonight. God wants to infiltrate our lives, our minds, our thinking, and and take us up. Take us up. We got to go up. We got to go up. And so uh this church is in a war. Amen. Some of y'all didn't amen that. Amen. This church is in a war, and we gotta rise up to battle. Amen. And so uh, you know, there's a particular scripture in the Bible, and I don't have time to go into it. Um it actually comes out of not the best guy in the Bible. I believe it was Ahab, but he said, Don't let him uh He says, let, speaking of a particular man he was in an argument with, he says, don't rejoice. Uh, Somebody who has their armor on should not rejoice like somebody who has their armor off. And what he's saying is, uh, you know, when you have your armor off, the war's over. But he said, let not he who has his armor on rejoice like somebody who has his armor off. Belglade, your armor's not off. We still got work to do. I said we still got work to do. Amen. Our armor's not off. Amen. And so uh, some of you parents, you still got kids to raise in the truth, in church. Your armor's not off. Amen. Some of you got family members, you still need to win. The armor's not off. We got a building we got to fill. The armor's not off. The armor is not off. I still see some really broke apartments that got a lot of souls in them. The armor's not off. We got we still got a lot of Spanish people we got to win. The armor's not off. Amen. Amen. So, we're going to go to the first book of Thessalonians the 5th chapter, 1 verse of scripture. Most of you probably have it memorized and if not you can memorize it tonight. And it's 5 and 17 which simply says, pray without ceasing. Can we say that together? Pray without ceasing. My title for tonight is The Intercessors. The Intercessors. Let's put our Bibles down and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we love you. We appreciate you. God, we magnify you tonight. We know that you have something in store for this service Lord, I am asking you to help me to preach, God, my very best. God, and help me to transmit what you put in my heart. God, I pray that this church's heart, mind, soul, and spirit would open tonight for a matter of moments that they might be able to receive, God, your vision, your place for them, your position. We need to pray. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. <speaking> Ikaya Rabanda, Daladabasi, and Daladabasi, Akata, Iadadaladabas, and Daladabas, Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Oh Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, let's put our hands together for Jesus right now. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I remember when I first came to God, I, I was very much under the impression that nobody had ever read the entire Bible. Um, I looked at the Bible and I noticed that it was a very big book with very thin pages. And uh, I remember being astounded at the fact that some people had read the Bible twice, three times, five times, 10 times. And the Bible is a very thick book in every sense of the word. Uh, it's got so many layers. Just not. It doesn't just have so many chapters and books. It's got, within every word, there's layers. Uh, and so it's it's so it's such a large and voluminous work in so many ways. And whether you're talking about reading the Bible, which is what we're talking about here, or anything, whenever you have a very large piece of information that you are trying to to digest and and uh, read and understand, one of the keys to doing uh, that to trying to understand large bodies of work, it doesn't matter what it is, but in particular when we're talking about the Bible, is to look for patterns. uh, To try to find as many patterns as you can. Because those patterns actually reveal, um, they will help you understand the larger body at work. When something is repeated over and over and over and over again. Uh, In fact, the Bible does this very openly. In fact, There's a whole book in the Bible called Deuteronomy, which means the second giving of the law, the pattern. It's being done over. And um, you don't have to read the Bible very long to to realize that there are patterns. There are ways that God does things over and over and over again. The Apostle Paul, upon reflecting uh, on, on everything that had happened prior to him, and to the birth of the New Testament church, he he began to realize that there was a particular pattern. And he wrote about this pattern. And I'll go into this, although this is not really the, the bulk of my message here. But he began to realize that that God does not deal with everybody at every age in the same way. God did not deal with Adam and Eve like he dealt with Moses and Israel, on a very large, on a very general scale. Um, Adam and Eve only had one commandment. Some of y'all would have loved to live in those days. Um, Moses and Israel, by the time it was all said and done, had 613. And so we see that 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 there is a difference in the way God dealt with Adam and Eve, and then in the way He dealt with Noah, and in the way He dealt with Abraham. And then there's even a difference in the way God deals with us that are part of of the New Testament church. Uh, The exact word that Paul uses for this definition is dispensation. And um, that word dispensation, uh, Pastor Urshan and I were discussing it today, but it comes from two words in Greek. It's oikos and nomos. And oikos means house and nomos means law. And so it could literally be translated in modern terms as the rules of the house. And Paul saw that, that there was different time periods that were like little houses. And each one had its own set of rules. And they were all different from each other. And one thing that becomes very clear about these, these different time periods in biblical history and even in present biblical times is is that man always messes up. It didn't matter whether man had one commandment, 613 commandments, or he's living in a dispensation of grace. We seem to mess up. Adam and Eve messed up. Noah messed up. Abraham messed up. Uh, Moses messed up. Israel messed up. Uh, You and me mess up. And what's interesting, though, is that in each one of these time periods, Jesus Christ is the answer. Amen. Even uh, sometimes we see this in type and shadow. Even when Adam and Eve messed up, the first thing God did was He slayed an animal and He made them wear the coat of that animal, which is a representation of Jesus Christ and justification. Amen. When, when Justification literally means when you put on Christ – and you are no longer seen, amen, as yourself, but you are justified. Uh, you are now, God now does not look at you like you. He looks at you through the blood of Jesus. And you you now, you, you are wearing this coat. The Bible talks about putting on Christ. And uh, and you could see even Noah sacrificed animals. Moses and them, they, they sacrificed animals. They put the blood of these animals and each time and period. Jesus Christ is always, all arrows point to Jesus. All arrows. If you read, in fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, read the scriptures, search the scriptures, for they testify of me. Amen. Whatever doctrine you believe, whatever, if all arrows don't point to Jesus, it ain't of God. Amen. So, we understand that, that it doesn't matter. Where we're at, people need Jesus. Now, today, where you and I are living, you and I are a part of making or helping make that connection between Jesus and people. Uh, it is our job to help people get to know Jesus. And we have many different ways of doing this. Uh, there are many different uh, avenues and approaches that we can take towards helping this Happen, and I'm not going to talk about all of them. I'm only going to talk about one of them, and I'm going to talk to you about intercession. Uh, and intercession literally is is praying and standing in the gap between people and God. And um, I want you to know this much: uh, we we are definitely in a war. You and I are in a war. We. I want you just in your mind to imagine go way back in time. Uh, Uh, before earth was ever around it was God and his angels and there was one angel that fell and for the first time ever God had to make a place outside of eternity up until then there was only eternity and God but now God had to find a place to put this fallen angel and where did God put him he put him here on planet earth and in fact when God Begins to move upon the face of the waters. The Bible says that the earth was full of darkness and it was void. Uh, In fact, that word darkness in Hebrew literally means misery and death. And so the planet earth here was a habitation of devils. And this is exactly where God put you and me. He put humanity in the middle of a war zone. Do y'all believe this? God... Put humanity in the middle of a war zone. Um, you know, I got news for you. Uh, a lot of times we talk to people, we pray for people, and, and we, we, we know there's something up. We, we, whatever we're saying is just bouncing right off of them. And And what we don't realize... Is that there is a demonic force involved? There is something, uh, there is something trying to keep those people back. It could be a husband, a lost child, a relative, or whatever, and there is demonic activity involved. The devil does want to keep people bound. The devil does want people to not come to church. The devil does want your lost husband, your lost friends, your lost relatives, your co- He does not want them here because he knows that if they get in here, they are going to be free. They are going to be delivered. Amen. The scripture says that Satan wants to blind the lost. He wants to keep the scales over their eyes. And it is it is it is you, it is your job and my job to get involved in that war and begin to pray down strongholds and begin to tear those things down. It is our job. Can I get some more volume? Can I get some more volume? Amen. It is our job to get into that situation and start doing some war. We need to start bending our knees just a little bit more. Amen. I, I got news for you. We got a lot of work in Belgrade to do, and it's going to take some intercessors. It's going to take some people that are willing to get right up in the middle of it all and start bending their knees and go into war. Amen. Come on, somebody. I am convinced I've I've I don't I've not been in Belgrade very long. I see some other churches in Belgrade, and I'm I didn't come to insult nobody, and I didn't come to offend nobody. But I don't think the devil is tripping off those churches too much. I don't think the devil's too worried about those churches too much, because those churches, in a lot of cases, they're just offering band-aids for cancer, and a lot of those cases, they're not even trying to fix the sickness. Uh, they're not even trying to fix the root cause of the the, the disease and the problem that's got people bound. But when People come up in here. Amen. We got an answer for the problem. And so you need to realize, Belglade, the devil's fighting you a little more. I know you might not feel it. I mean you may not see it, but I want you to know there's a difference between this house and other houses. There's a difference between this place and other places. There's a Intercession intercession has a lot of challenges. Engaging in intercession has a lot of challenges. I want you to know that a lot of denominations, a lot of churches don't even practice intercession. And, and I'm not going to go into this too much, but there, there are some denominations they believe in, in total and absolute predestination, that human beings have no free will. And so if you have no free will, we don't really need to pray for you. It makes no difference. You're just a robot. You're going to do whatever God makes you do, and you're done. But we believe people do have choices. And then there there are other denominations. They believe once saved, always saved. And so you could act like a sinner and a devil. We don't need to pray for you. You're saved. And then there's the challenges we face. One of the challenges we face is falling asleep. Jesus told a parable. He said, there was a man who owned a field. He told his servants, go out and sow seed into this field. They sowed the seed. And Jesus said these words, while men slept. All of a sudden, when the wheat came up, there was tares. And the servants came back to their Lord and they said, how is it that there's tares among all this wheat? And he said, while men slept, an enemy planted these seeds. And so our challenge tonight is to stay awake. I'm, I'm, I love you. I love, I love senior pastor. I'm not here to insult anybody, but I feel a little bit of a sleepy spirit, and I don't like it. There's a, it's, it's not strong. I'm not saying everybody, and I'm not saying you're lazy, but there's, it, because it has nothing to do with lazy. It has to do with Satan trying to get you to just go to sleep. Uh, it, it's not really about you as a person or the quality of your character, but it has to do with the devil. Because the, the, if there's any church that he's really hoping will take a nap, it's Belgrade. If there's any group of people, if there's any young people that the devil hopes will just go to sleep, it's this. It's this group of young people. If there's any young men, young women that the devil just wishes would go to sleep. It's these people. If if there's any praying mamas that the devil wants to go to sleep, it's y'all praying mamas right here. If there's any if there's any praying fathers that the devil really just wants you to go to sleep, it's you right here. I'm I'm preaching to you, Bel Glade. I'm gonna preach until you wake up. Because unless we wake up You know, the prophet said it like this He said, Blow the trumpet in Zion. He did not say blow the trumpet in the street or outside of Zion. He said let the trumpet be blown in Zion. It is in Zion that people need to wake up. It is here in this house. Hey, I got news for you. We'll fill up that building quicker than we can even imagine, if we wake up, if we wake up, if we wake up in here, we can wake up anybody out there, but if we're not awake in here, if we're not tuned in, if we're not plugged in, if we're not in the war, I'm telling you, we can do all the outreach we want, it, our babies will always die on us, uh, we can reach out as much as we want, uh, Our our efforts will always shrivel, but if we wake up, uh, we'll realize, you know what, this is a war, and I'm not going to rejoice like somebody that gots their armor off. Uh, I'm going to teach this Bible study until they stay. Uh, I'm going to teach this Bible study until they make it. Uh, I'm going to pray until I feel that God has broken something in my family, in my city, in my home, in my... The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places. You are you are in. See, here's my biggest problem right here. I'm going to tell you my biggest problem is right here. A lot of people, because of who they are, what they've been through, their status in life, they don't really see themselves in the position that God sees them. I'm just Joe. I go to church. You're not just Joe who goes to church. You are the biggest threat to the resistance you are the biggest threat to the devil in his kingdom i don't I, i don't i'm preaching so much to the 12 year olds to the 10 year olds as i am to the 50 and the 60 year olds i'm telling you we pose a threat to the to the devil we pose a threat to the devil your prayers are effective they work your prayers work your prayers work unlike any other prayers Let's pray right now. Let's pray just for one minute. Jesus. Oh, God, I love you, Jesus. Oh, God, I praise you. Jesus.
1: Jesus.
0: Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I feel something coming in this place right now. Jesus, 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 I feel like right now God is actually starting to wake some things up. I feel like right now there's some mothers. Your your prayer life is actually coming back to you. I know you've been plugging away and working in the church, but somewhere the praying has kind of lost its fire. God's going to bring that fire back tonight. Amen. There's some young people here that for the first time in your life, you are going to... Feel the call to pray. Come on you. There's some young people here tonight. The spirit of intercession is going to come over you. And you're going to feel like all the force, all your strength is being pulled out from your body in order to let out a prayer. In order to let out a sound groaning which cannot be uttered. I feel some armor coming on right now. just be seated for one moment. In the book of the Songs of Solomon, here we see a beautiful parallel between a typology of the church and God. And in, the, in, the, in Songs of Solomon, you have a woman who's calling to her, to her master, to her Lord, to her lover. And what's very interesting is in one particular verse, she's wooing the king to come to her. And as he gets closer, she begins to talk about a garden. And what's interesting is she begins to name all these trees and plants and fruit trees of this garden. Now, what's even more interesting is when you begin to study, you'll find out that all these trees, plants, and things that she names, nowhere on planet Earth do these plants actually cohabitate. It would have to be a literal paradise. It, 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 there's no place on earth where all these plants, trees actually share the same soil. But the, the the moral of the story is this, that if the king comes, things that never could grow together will grow together. Things, things that normally could not cohabitate will begin to cohabitate. Things that normally would never grow up together, uh, he'll make a paradise out of chaos the closer the king gets the more beautiful the more the more gorgeous the more miraculous things get the more the more impossible Amen. The, the the more the impossible becomes possible, the more I'm I'm telling you right now, if we can attract more of God through prayer, amen, the people's lives that are a mess will turn into beautiful gardens. Situations that are resisting and fighting this church will begin to work out. Amen. Things that are fighting you will begin to work out. Things that could never grow together will begin to grow together. Huh? Husbands and wives that could never get along will get along. Huh? Amen. I'm not going to preach long. I'm not going to preach long. God does not want me to. Jesus gives two parables about prayer. One of them is about a widow woman who loses her husband. And every day, every day she goes before the king and she tells him, Revenge me of my husband's death. And Jesus said it this way, that the king did not fear God. He was a godless man. But he could not put up with this widow's constant badgering. Every day she was up early in the morning knocking on his door. And when he ignored her, she came back again. And when he ignored her, she came back again until she finally got her way. I'm preaching to some people right now. You've got to start bugging Jesus about some stuff. You, you cannot lay that thing to rest. There's, I'm telling you, I could feel it in this place. There are some of you, you've just let some stuff down. You're just You're not bugging Jesus about it because maybe he didn't answer it the first time, the second time, the third time. I'm challenging you tonight to get up and knock on his door again and knock on his door again. Jesus said it this way. He said, if that king being unjust and wicked answered her prayer, how much more will your heavenly father answer you when you pray? Come on, somebody. You need to get that hand out and start knocking again on the door. Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Knock and it shall be open. Seek and you shall find. I want you to notice that each action gets greater than the one. Pre- so first he says, he says, ask. That Just your mouth moving. And then if that don't work, he says, knock. Now it's your hand and mouth. He said, if that don't work, seek. Now it's your hands, your mouth, and your feet. And sometimes things got to get more and more intense. Sometimes if, if if it's just your mouth moving and that ain't working, it's gonna your hands gonna have to get involved. And if that ain't working, your feet are gonna have to get involved. But somewhere the answer is coming. Somewhere God will get involved. Somewhere we will get our prayers answered. But we've got to press. We've got to knock. We've got to ask. We've got to seek. Come on. We gotta seek. We gotta ask. We gotta pray. We gotta seek. Jesus 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 said it this way he said there was a man there was a man who had a vineyard and he had he had somebody who watched over that vineyard and in that vineyard there was a tree that produced no fruit and he came the man the owner of the land he came to his his worker and he said why does this tree encumber the ground? He said, let's get rid of it. And I love what the man said back. He said, give me one year. Ex- give me one year. Give me 12 months. Give me 365 days. I'll get this thing producing fruit. And that that is the attitude that needs to develop here in Bellevue tonight. We, we need some people that for the next year, you are going to pray your tail off like you ain't never prayed. Hey, I got I got news for you people. I we need to have some real talk here. There are people that you have contact with that if you don't get in the battle, they are going to hell. You are their only hope. You are their only contact. You are the only you are the only source of godliness in their life. And a lot of times we look at people and and I got news for you. God's like, "Man, if somebody don't get involved here, I'm throwing this person away. If somebody don't jump in here, John John's going to die. If somebody don't help Lisa she's going to die because I've about had it with her. I'm I'm sick of her. And and God is looking for some people that are willing to say, God, you give me one more year. Give me 12 more months. I am going to be at the church every morning praying my tail off. I am going to be in your house asking, knocking That does not just apply to the people we know. There's some people here, we got to get a burden for the church. We got to get a burden for the person sitting next to us. You know, all too many times in churches, I see it in all churches. It happens in Belgrade, happens in Fort Myers, It happens in Kathmandu. It don't matter where you're at. You'll have have a good brother, a good sister. They're sitting in the front one week. A couple of trials come, they're sitting in the middle. A couple of trials come, they're sitting in the back. They're just getting closer and closer to the door. And what's the church do? Oh, look at old Ray. Used to be shouting. He ain't shouting now. And God is saying, who will get up for one year and pray for Ray? Who will get up and pray for, for Tiffany for one year? we got to get some love flowing around here. You know what? I feel this. We've got to get some love flowing up in here. There We have got to get out of the, I just hope I make it. Well, no, you need to hope you make it, and John make it, and Ray make it, and Stevie make it, and Lisa make it, and Tiffany make it. And you got to you got to get in this thing. You got to get it. You got to look at the person on the pew across from you like you're going to make it. I'm going to make it. We're going to make it together. I'm going to be praying for you. You are on my prayer list. You are on my prayer list. You are on my prayer list. I'm putting your name on the refrigerator. I'm going to pray for you. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what else. Listen, and I'm not, I'm not saying this. I, 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 I want you to know my motives are pure. My motives are pure. You hear me good. You hear me good. Senior pastor is a blessing. There's a negative side to that. And That is when, when our, a lot of times when somebody is a blessing to us, we don't really see how we can be a blessing to them. I'll go one step. Senior pastors blessed by God, but that that does not that does not cancel out the fact that we need to hold up the man of God in prayer. I'm not I'm not trying. I'm listen. I'm telling you right now. I, I wake up every day. I, I I'll preach this anywhere to any church. I wake up every day, I pray for myself, I pray for my wife, and then I pray for my pastor. You have got to hold up, you've got to hold up the arms of the man of God in prayer. It is at some point, at some point or another, you got to wake up, you got to take the diapers off and say, you know what, I'm not just here to be fed, I'm here to do some feeding, I'm here to do some blessing, I'm... I may never be able to pay Pastor back for how he helped me, but he is going to have a hedge of prayer around his life. I'm going to teach my babies to pray for him. I'm going to pray for him. And by God, that's my pastor. God has given him to me according to his own heart. And I'm going to pray and pray and pray and pray. Jesus. Come on, we need to pray right here. Something's trying to get up in this place.
1: Jesus, He a da
0: da 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 the Bible said that when they held up Moses' arms, uh, they would win the battle. But when Moses' arms would fall, Israel would lose the battle. We've got to get to the point where we're holding some arms up. Uh, we got to get to the point where we're holding some arms up because we are not out of the woods. Uh, we are not out of the battle. Uh, we are in the thick of the battle. We are in the thick of the battle. Uh, and we've got to pray. Uh, we've got to pray. We've got to hold. You hear me good. You hear me good, Belgrade. I'm not trying to impress you with my preaching tonight. They've done studies. And they say that in a lifetime, your average human being will cry one bucket of tears. Your average human being will cry one bucket of tears in a lifetime we can't be average we got a lot of one bucket apostolics you know what i know about that bucket of tears most of those tears are accumulated as an infant we do our most crying as babies but as we get older we stop all that crying i think the same goes in the spirit some of y'all used to pray the house down when you first got saved but you see this thing don't have water in it but if i filled it with water with every gallon it'd get heavier and heavier and heavier a lot of folks don't want to walk around with two buckets in their life it's inconvenient it's cumbersome it's heavy burdensome but I'm telling you right now only only the weepers win in the kingdom in fact David said it this way he says he says they that go out weeping shall doubtless psalms 116 he said shall doubtless return with their sheaves rejoicing weepers are reapers i'm telling you we got to break the one bucket mold here tonight it, I'm telling you, it's going to, it'll make it hard to do the things everybody else does when you got two buckets. You may not get to be on Facebook all the time if you want to have two buckets. You may not get, you may not go everywhere everywhere. Everybody else goes if you got two buckets. You may not get to do what everybody else does when you got two buckets. You may not eat as much as everybody else does when you got two buckets. There's a lot of stuff you may not get around to because you, you, you are trying to be more than a one-bucket Christian. You are trying, you're trying to get as many buckets filled up with tears as you can because you understand, you know what? We only, we're only here one time on planet Earth, and we got to do as much as we can for the kingdom and only the weepers win. <laughs> only the... Oh, Jesus. Jesus. We need to pray right now. We need to pray right now.
1: We need to pray right <laughs> now.
0: You need to get tapped into this. Come on, I know God told me to preach this. God spoke to me this morning. He told me this church needs to hear this message. We've got to we've got to reanimate ourselves. Uh, we've got to reconnect. Uh, we've got to plug into the source uh, and engage in the war. Uh, we've got to start getting the buckets out. We've got to start weeping and weeping and weeping. We need to weep our way to revival. Weep our way into that building. Weep our way. Weep our way. Weep our way. Weep our way. Weep our Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. God, let this get in your people's heart. Let it get in their spirit. Let it get in their minds, oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. in Isaiah the prophet says that the people of God are like an arrow in the sheaf and like a sword in the hand and you know what the powerful thing about the arrow and the sheaf and the sword in the hand is is that they both have a part of them that's always in the dark the handle of the sword never sees light it's always in the secret in the dark Before that arrow ever comes out and gets in the bow and travels through the air to do war, it spends a lot of dark time in the sheath. We've got to, we cannot avoid getting into the out-of-way places, those secret dark places where we pray and we pray and we pray and we get ready for that moment. To be an arrow in the bow of God. I'm telling you the gospel truth. There's people here. You're going to get a hold of this. You're going to go into the dark. And there's going to come a time when God pulls you out. And you're going to be an arrow. And you will pray the prayer that will bring victory. You will pray the prayer that will break the stronghold. You will pray the prayers that will release blessings. You will pray the prayers that... That help heal the sick, you will pray the prayers. It doesn't just happen because we open our mouths and believe it and and dance about it. It happens because somebody is praying. That's how we do business around here. That's how we fight here. The war is on the floor. Let's pray. He taraboko torabada. He tarabotarabata kata. He, I feel it right now. There's people going in the sheaf right now. He taradada. There's people going in the quiver right now. We're going in the quiver and in the sheaf. Hallelujah. I see buckets filling. It's happening. It's happening. It's is happening right now. I can see it. It's getting on some of you young ladies right now. I can even see it getting on some of these young men. For the first time in your life, you are going to feel a call to pray. You are going to answer the call to pray. <laughs> He tarrasa dana la rias <laughs> and basa. He
1: arrasa dana la basa dana dana basada. He tarrosa dona lodo